T-minus three, two, one, zero. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Launch Sequence Podcast. This week is episode 61, and we've got a good topic planned today. Another one of high debates, of uh, high temperature, and and a lot of disagreements. Uh, piracy is going to be our talk for today. And with me is nobody better to discuss it than Agent Sleddy, the League of Mongrel Squad, leader of Mongrel Squad. How are you doing today? Doing well. Thank you very much, Mike. Good to have you on with us. So people have a certain perception of piracy in Star Citizen, or rather in any game, really. And sometimes that gets a little carried away to be applied to anything that's criminal or be assumed that all pirates kill. It's kind of a general festival of assumptions. But I think today would be a great opportunity for us to kind of cut through all of that, define some terms here, talk about what's included in piracy, what's to come from piracy and how piracy has been done up until now and uh, leave people a little bit more educated on the topic. So why don't we start out by talking about how you got into piracy and how it's kind of progressed since then? Because we all know CIG hasn't really built the tools you need to do it yet. So for me... I chose piracy because I like to take the, what I believe is the most difficult path when it comes to playing games. So when I was researching Star Citizen, uh, I looked at all the professions and, you know, all the information that CIG had put out about what was um, going to be in game. And I came to the conclusion that uh, piracy would be the most difficult because you'd have the most amount of opponents against you. You'd have the law against you, other criminals against you. Yeah, everybody hates you. Uh, yeah, pretty much. Everyone hates you and, you know, wants you dead. So it's, as far as I'm concerned, that's probably the best way to find the most challenging gameplay that you are looking for. Um, so, yeah. I also tend to be a bit of a glutton for punishment when it comes to playing video games. I always max me out to the hardest difficulty, just, you know, straight off the bat, even though I've never played it before. And then just spend hours just grinding, trying to, you know, make it work. Um, for when I play... Um, Star Citizen uh, getting into piracy over the years pretty much it was the the drive to do it was just to see if it could be done to start off with with Star Citizen being in its alpha environment so you know in Arena Commander it was all just about fighting until they let us you know have the free flight area and then we're just trying to see if we could break into other people's ships and steal them there uh, but that was also roughly around the time that we also got what was um was it the Persistent Universe 2.0, mm -hmm. which was a baby PU, we used to call it. And uh, ships weren't locked then, so we were like trying to steal ships all the time. Um, you know, turn the ICC probe into a bit of a ship graveyard, get into fights and all that sort of stuff. But piracy didn't really start fleshing out until we got to 3.0. And the first kind of iteration that we got handed to us was destroying ships that were full of cargo um, would produce, you know, tiny little boxes that you could pick up. And those tiny little boxes, you know, like um, it was easier said than done to find cargo haulers to start off with because we don't have a lot of we didn't have a lot of resources um, than what we have now, uh, like I see trade tools, Galog.co, and mm -hmm. um, yeah, there's heaps of other ones. Um, so you know, like you kind of had to learn by just you know, observing and watching, and ironically, like that's still the main way that you. Uh, 
do piracy now. Like you just go out there and you look for the people. Mm-hmm. Just we use the tools that we've got available to us to make it a bit easier. Um, I think it was around 3.1 or 3.2 when we got the combat assist beacons and the personal transport beacons. Uh, when we got those, that uh, opened piracy up to extortion gameplay where we could actually um, initiate a player-based transaction for credits uh, for their safety from us. Um, and, you know, not a lot of players believe that it could happen and it actually became a huge motivation for me later on down the track to start posting our piracy hits on YouTube mm-hmm. um, just to sh- show people that it could be done. A little um, warning. But then there was, yeah, it was not only warning, but it was also proof because a lot of people would be told like, you know, piracy is not in the game yet. You can't do it. It's not possible. You know, like I remember like, you know, um, get my good old Spectrum Warrior um, on and, <laughs> you know, talking to people about um, shipboardings and stuff like that. And they're like, you can't board ships. And I'm like, no, you can. I, you know, do it nearly on a weekly basis now. And, you know, this was a few years ago and that was a motivation for posting a video there. And like we'd done one, I'm like, all right, sweet. We'd done this against an unwilling target. I want to post it on YouTube and, you know, like throw it down and show it to people. Um, And that kind of like just over time cascaded and now we do it on a more regular basis. Mm -hmm. And that's more or less just to inspire people. It's like, one, you know, this is something that can happen. But two, it's like if you're looking to do piracy gameplay, you can actually do it. But over the years, like, with piracy is a i call it the profession that doesn't need direct development on it like people will argue when it comes to piracy that you know it's not in yet because there are no pirate mechanics no piracy mechanics in game yet and you know i always ask them you know what's a piracy mechanic and it stuns a lot of them because they're just in there going uh well you know like it's um it's like uh Putting a pirate flag on your ship, obviously. (laughs) Yeah, well, you know, like, until I can put a parrot on my shoulder, obviously, like, piracy is not in yet. Um, The thing about piracy gameplay is that it's an amalgamation of a bunch of mechanics that are used by other professions in order to, you know, do something to, to achieve the goal of taking value from others for yourself. Mm -hmm. Now the tools that we get to use have um, evolved over the years. So distortion, distortion damage is a huge tool that we use for piracy, but it's also a tool that bounty hunters use. Well, they will use eventually to disable and subdue ships so that they're able to board and capture their own bounties. Now we use the exact same thing. It's just we're after the cargo, not the person. So, it really does sound like throughout this whole period that over time, CIG has been continuously adding in small features that have made things a little bit easier. I imagine adding the ability to transfer money was much better than when they added the ability for the beacons, which you kind of, I, I, I'm guessing you moved on to from for the payments. So we know that something like Bounty Hunter V2 is coming in soon, and it's supposed to have things like security systems and um, and things like that. Do you think that while you say that it is an amalgamation of different features that are built for other professions, do you think that there are certain features like that security system or maybe like a tracking app or, or things like that that are going to be sort of like the 
the introduction saying telling people hey piracy is a viable thing this is what that you know the feature that people will latch on to and say okay piracy is now here do you think there is a feature like that so yeah it's um cargo refactor which is supposed to be coming next patch yeah okay. uh, 3.18 yeah so it sounds boring but cargo refactor is a huge um it's a huge proponent for motivation for people to actually do shipboardings sorry yeah the ability to yep. take the cargo seems like it's going to be a big deal once you i guess let me start by asking what is a normal situation when you want to pirate a cargo ship how would you without maybe giving away your craft too much how would you go about taking that pirate ship getting yours whatever it is whether it's money or cargo and how are you going to have to change that once the cargo refactor comes in? Um, well, until we get cargo refactor in our hands, it's going to be a bit hard to say, but like the current process that we use is already on our YouTube channel. But once we've found a target worth pirating, what we'll end up doing is waiting until the target is about to leave. Um, if we found them at an outpost, we'll wait until they leave and we'll use distortion weapons to disable them to subdue the ship so that it can't, um, uh, to stop the ship so that we can actually crack doors open and board it. We'll use QED, so the quantum enforcement device, either on a Mantis or a Cutlass Blue, to uh, prevent it from being able to quantum travel away from us. And that's one of the most crucial bits of kit that we've got. So when we got that, uh, when we first got the RSI Mantis, that particular ship made piracy a lot more viable against people who really wanted to get away from us. Like before, if we went to attack cargo haulers, we would have to try and use techniques to bait them into fighting us first and make them think that they were going to win and then pretty much dogpile them as quickly as we could to destroy the ship so that we could get the cargo. Mm -hmm. Once we got the QED... We're able to utilize that to prevent them from being able to escape into quantum travel. From that point, if we're trying to extort the person, because we can't take the cargo off the ship right now. So ultimately, it's you want to try and extort them or ransom them. Mm -hmm. And for us, the difference between extortion and ransom, extortion, you haven't boarded the ship yet. So it's an external threat. You're telling them, hey, give us money or else we're going to destroy your ship. Um, for us, you know, like the value is on the ship. So we don't really want to destroy it. So we'll try and extort the target first and we'll go, hey, pay us 50,000 credits and we'll let you go. Most of the time, you know, they tell us to bloody F off, you mm -hmm. know, F off your griefers <laughs> and, you know, try and um, go walk factor nine and, you know, run us. At which point, you know, we're chasing it down. QED's uh, stopping it from being able to quantum travel away and we're taking down shields to disable the ship. This is where our EMPs come into play. We'll disable the ship using EMPs and, um, up until recently, we would do what was known as EMP suppression, where we'd essentially stun lock the ship until it slowed down to a stop. We'd then crack doors, we'd board the ship, we'd remove the crew from the ship by killing them, and then we'd contact the owner of the ship and then make a ransom demand. And normally we'd bump it up a little bit and say, if you want your ship back, pay 75,000 credits and we'll deliver it to you. And they wouldn't be able to Most of the time, 
they wouldn't be able to claim it and get it back, right? You claim it, all the cargo's gone, so they obviously yeah, really want right. it back from you, right? Yeah, well, it really comes down to if they actually want it back or not. And that's one of the things, like, right now, when it comes to piracy gameplay, the target has to value what they're going to lose. Because if they don't value that, we have no power. Like, there's nothing that we could do. Nothing right. that we can say. Um, Sorry. So that's, there's, there's a process there. Like there's a lot of planning, there's organization, this is a team effort. You're not just flying in and just shooting any random ship and saying, Hey, we shot you. Like, can you like give us money? You're picking targets based on people who actually have value in a valuable state or rather in a, um, uh, in a kind of an unprotected state, an easy target per se. And you're going through the effort of actually trying to get to that value without just killing people. I think that's missed a lot when it comes to the piracy gameplay and that it actually takes a lot of work and there's a lot of risk versus that reward. That's kind of that hardest type of, of gameplay you were talking about, right? Yeah. You wouldn't believe how many ships we accidentally destroy. Um, like when we're trying to subdue them, um, a lot of our tactics are born out of necessity. So COG will make changes, mainly to distortion damage. They'll make a change to distortion damage and it'll either be less effective against ships or like really effective against it. If it's mm -hmm. really effective, we don't really have to change much. But most recent change was where they um, made distortion damage um, so that it doesn't stack anymore. So when you shut a ship down using distortion damage, um, it doesn't receive distortion damage anymore after that. So you could keep, you know, EMPing it all you want. It will still restart up the same time as Urkel will tell you. Um, if it says it'll start up in 15 seconds, it doesn't matter if you drop 100 EMPs after the first one that disables it, it will start up after 15 seconds. I see. Um, previously, we were able to just keep overloading EMPs on it just to stop it from starting up. So our tactics have to change. And it's been like that, like, over the years. And... Star Citizen's in development. You kind of have to deal with that. Um, but the amount of ships that we've accidentally destroyed because, you know, like we're trying to preserve the value as much as we can, but, you know, like can't defeat gravity. We can't defeat, you know, a bloody um, 100,000 bloody ton ship falling out of the sky crashing <laughs> yeah. into the ground and not exploding like we're more surprised now um that they survive there was a time i think it was back in 3.9 during the laranite rush back in 3.9 um, a lot of the ships would survive yeah man um a lot of ships would survive uh getting emp'd and you know that's that was where piracy really started to ramp up which was kind of funny because in 3.7 and previous to that, there was um, uh, a bug that enabled you to be able to merge ships together. Now, Space Cut actually became famous for using this. Um, called it Slavic Glue. <laughs> and essentially, the idea behind it was is that you would take a larger ship than what your target was and you would merge their cargo grids together. And essentially what would happen is, is that those grids would merge together and then you would take your ship to um, a port and you'd be able to sell their cargo as yours. Oh, yeah, I think I, I think I remember that now that you 
mention that part. Yeah. So I was wondering, yeah. what is I'd never heard about this, but I do remember it was like you could put a ship inside of your ship and then sell the cargo from that ship. Yeah, so yeah. You, that's where we first found out about it. But then, like, people started working out that you could merge ships. They didn't even need to be inside of each other. As long as the one that you were um, using was larger than the one that you were pirating, you can merge them together. Okay. Um, and that's where piracy gameplay got a lot of um, a lot of people coming into it and going, yeah, this is awesome. And kind of showed me, like, the viability, just how close we were to piracy gameplay actually working. Because we could board ships. That was easy by that stage. Like we worked out how to do it, but the selling of the cargo, like the amount of time, effort and resources that we put into what we were doing didn't translate to the payout. You know, like if, you know, the target refuses our extortion demands, we then disable them, board them, and then they refuse our ransom demands and then we destroy the ship. It's like, you know, we'll get a couple of thousand credits worth of cargo out of it. Yeah, because it only drops 10% of the value of the cargo of the ship there. So we were like, all right, well, you know, a lot of effort, but not much pay. But um, when we lost that ability to merge ships together, a lot of the guys who used to do piracy kind of just dropped off. And they were like, you know, like they pretty much just killed piracy gameplay. They didn't, you know, even entertain the idea of trying to, you know, give us the ability to take those ships that we would capture somewhere else so that we could then sell um, from those ships. And it was always COG's intent that we'd actually have to pull the cargo off the ship, put it mm-hmm. on to our own and then take it somewhere else and sell it to a fence. That was always COG's intent. And we were like trying to push COG to go, you know, can we just have an interim solution? Cause yeah. this was like 3.8. We're now at 3.17.2 and we're, you know, like almost getting to the point now where, um, you know, the, Tier zero piracy is about to be achieved with cargo refactor. Yeah. And that's a pretty yeah. big deal. That's, I think, going to be one of the bigger changes to the game in a long time. Um, so this will be the first time that piracy really is is on the, on, the, uh, on the menu again after they took away that little kind of workaround you guys found. But throughout yeah. this... Throughout this, you've been using different terms, um, extortion, ransoming. We also haven't really gotten that much into the other topics of piracy, but how about, you know, we're a little bit into this, but how about you explain to people what the idea of piracy is? What is What needs to be included for it to be piracy as opposed to, say, uh, just messing around and killing people? Well... The primary goal of what you're trying to achieve when you're doing piracy is extracting value from someone else. Um, normally, it's via anything that they have on them, which is why for us, um, we're always going after cargo haulers. Um, in my mind, when it comes to doing piracy, though, like when I was first looking at Star Citizen, I'm like, I'm going to be a space pirate. My vision was pretty much um, coming from like the boarding scene from A New Hope. And, mm-hmm. you know, where the stormtroopers are boarding the Tantum, uh, Tantum 5 or 4, I always get the numbers mixed up. Where they're boarding know. the Tantum 4. And, you know, the stormtroopers are fighting through a narrow corridor onto a ship and the troopers are there trying to fight them off. 
that whole scene in my mind, like that's how a boarding action should happen for pirates. It's like mm-hmm. you're fighting to get onto that ship and they're fighting to keep you from getting onto that ship. So for us, boarding ships has always been a goal. And when it comes to the way that we've been operating lately is that we've been trying to focus more on training for when we get that cargo refactor as opposed to waiting and you know till we get and then trying to work it out afterwards but like a lot of people like to confuse piracy with you know like general criminal activity like it's starting to become synonymous like if you're a pirate you're also like just a generic criminal as well mm-hmm. and it's not quite you know like I personally don't like to sit there and try and enforce terminology on people, but it's like no pirates are after the value that other players have. Normally it's vehicle born though. COG actually has a definition that they have on the Galactopedia about piracy, um, which is actually quite funny because a lot of people have different opinions on, you know, what constitutes as piracy, you know, like pirates shouldn't kill, you know, other people say pirates should kill, you know, it shouldn't matter. At at the end of the day, your goal is to extract value from the target that you're going after. Um, You know, you make your own choices on whether or not you're going to, uh, you know, kill the target or not. One of the things that I always tell people is like, you don't slaughter cows for their milk. Yeah, that'd be inefficient. And the thing about that is, is that if you end up just being a murder hobo and you're just killing everyone all the time when you're trying to pirate them, they're just going to be like, well, I know I'm going to get into a fight. So, you know, bugger it. I'm just going to go hammer and tong. I'm going to do everything that I can to, you know, like fight you off. Some people are okay with that. You know, some people are looking for that level of challenge, that level of excitement. Other people aren't. You know, a lot of people will sit there and will get upset that you're not, you know, being considerate of the other person's gameplay. We get told that a lot in our YouTube comments, you know, um, you know, like you guys are griefers, buddy. How dare you, you guys do that? You're ruining other people's gameplay. You're, um, you know, you're making new people not want to join. And it's like... I see those comments, but then I see all the other ones and it's like others are saying, you know, this is freaking awesome. I can't believe that you can actually do this. Or other people saying, I've been playing Star Citizen for years. I didn't even know you could do half the stuff that you guys do. Um, yeah, It's always been a wide, um, I guess, a wide spectrum of opinions when it's come to, you know, what constitutes as what piracy is. As yeah. I said before, like really it's just the extraction of value from others. That's what it boils down to. It is pretty polarizing, the topic of piracy. The the idea of pulling information, you also said generally uh, being ship ship uh, board on, on board of ships and involving ships. Would you say that somebody who takes missions to hack into companies and steal data and sell that, would you call them a pirate? Yes. Yeah. So okay. that that's one of those things. I'm actually interested in that gameplay too. Um, it's the extraction of value. Like pirates used to do, you know, raids on villages and stuff like that too. Um, they'd still get called pirates, but the, you know, 
to be called a pirate means that you're somebody who commits acts of piracy. And in real world, uh, the real world definition of piracy is an attack against a seaborne vessel. Okay. And, you know, like we adapt it for star citizens. So it's an attack against a vessel in space. Mm-hmm. But, you know, as I said before, like, you know, pirate and criminal really just get blurred as, you know, being the same thing. But a pirate is just a type of criminal, whereas a criminal is an all encompassing type. So besides murder, for instance, what's another example of a criminal activity that you wouldn't put under piracy? Smuggling. I wouldn't put smuggling under piracy. Okay. It would be one of those things that would be like, that's a complete, like that's a separate activity because it's once you've taken the cargo, how, what do you do after that? You're trying to sell it. Now, if you need to move it to a fence that, you know, needs to get, uh, that's a couple of systems over and it's got to go through lawful space. You would contract somebody who specializes in doing that. And that would be a smuggler. So, you know, they're a criminal doing smuggling because they're moving illicit goods through, you know, lawful areas. So I wouldn't consider them a pirate either. They could do piracy. And that's the thing is like, you know, people keep saying, you know, pirate is just, you know, a profession that, and that's all you end up doing. It's just, Star Citizen is one of those games where you could do several different things and still be under the same, you know, be still labeled with the same tag, but yeah. end up doing several different jobs under that. But that doesn't make you like a smuggler, a pirate, or a bloody assassin, a pirate, or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you, you touched on earlier the comments you get on the YouTube channel, people talking about, hey, you're not taking into account other people's gameplay. This is ruining the game for newcomers. It's scaring people off. Um, I I personally don't, I feel like that's a good thing. Like people should be able to see that, hey, if you are interested in this game, be ready for that kind of piracy stuff. But how do you feel about that argument that you're ruining other people's gameplay if the idea of being in Star Citizen in this vast, dangerous place involves that risk? Do you... Do you sympathize at all with the idea that they shouldn't be um, exposed to risk? Do you think that people should be able to play in a way that keeps them 100% safe all the time? 100% safe, no. People should be empowered to play the game the way that they want. And one of the things that I've always maintained is that everybody's responsible for their own fun. In any video game, there's two entities that are responsible for the fun that you have when playing the game. Yourself and the developers who created the game. So if either of those two are failing, you know, if you're not having fun, one of those two entities is failing. And when a game is completed, it's very rare that it's the developers. Normally it's the person who's playing that either had higher expectations than what they were expecting or they just didn't understand what they were getting themselves into and then they just went, oh, you know, this was completely different. Those people who sit there and will, you know, make those accusations, it's like, you know, that's their opinion. They're entitled to it. I'm not bothered by that at all. I think it is a bit ridiculous that it would be that hyperbolic that we, you know, like normally when they say it, they're talking about our organization, that a single organization would have that level of impact on, you know, the rest of the world. 
I don't think we're that infamous yet. <laughs> um, but the thing about that is, is like other people watch what we do and they're inspired by it. Like they see that and they're like, that is so cool. Like that you guys are able to like essentially extract that sort of gameplay out of Star Citizen when there's nobody telling you how to do it. Like we didn't have a tutorial. We didn't have a mission. It's more or less like, I, you know, a lot of the time I'm just sitting there. I look at Urkel. I, you know, watch IC. I read the monthly newsletters. I, I consume as much knowledge and um, as I can about Star Citizen. And then I'll come up with, you know, some crazy idea based on the stuff that I've been able to piece together. And I'll be like, let's get in game and test something out. You know, let's get in game and see what, you know, what happens when we do this thing. And then, you know, we've been doing it for years and the time it's built up and, you know, we've gained a knowledge and experience base where now when CIG adds stuff in there, we're able to like, you know, quickly analyze it and see what we can actually do with it to leverage it to our advantage for piracy's sake. Whether or not, um, you know, like it was intended for that is another thing. But once again, like we're looking to try and extract our gameplay from the you know, from Star Citizen itself at during a time where CRG really isn't focusing on our gameplay. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then there's the other side where like, I, I don't, wouldn't say that they're crazy, but there's people that want to get pirated by us. Like we've had people who, you know, like we've pirated them and then, you know, not like before we, if they pay, we'll, you know, announce ourselves. We'll say, you know, Thank you very much. Mongol Squad sends their regards. You know, we'll catch you next time. And they'll be like, holy shit, your Mongol Squad? Oh my God, I love you. You know, and they'll just start going <laughs> off and chatting. We're just like, oh God. I'm so glad All you right. robbed me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, I think it's, you know, funny in a way, but at the same time, people see, you know, what we've done and they're like, you know, that's really cool. I want to be a part of that. I want to have that experience because. For the past two years, I've been doing, you know, cargo runs back and forth, back and forth. And it's like, you know, the NPC interdicts them and they just, you know, fly straight past it and keep going and quantum travel and land at the same spaceport, take the same train, you know, go to the same terminal, sell the same cargo and do it yeah. all over again. Yeah. And that's, that's like the part of the beauty of Star Citizen is that it's kind of a sandbox and it's allowing people like yourself to do the things that you want to do without it necessarily being in a quote unquote official feature. And you mentioned that like the people will get interdicted by an NPC. They'll go about it the same way as always. It's the same hits every time. And I think one of the things that's going to make this game most interesting to people is the fact that these dynamic things can happen. These probability volumes can draw these things out. These random side missions might spawn to distract you from what you're doing. But I am very curious about the NPC version of piracy because we don't really know much about what they're going to do besides just shoot us. How do you see the interaction between a player-based piracy group like yourself and an AI-based piracy group like, say, Ninetales? Do you, is that going to be part of your mission to, to clear out those people or are you going to try and coexist or what's, what's your thinking with that kind of stuff? Well, we're mainly going to focus on trying to go where the credits are. So chances are NPCs are going to be around too. And if they're getting in their way, then, you know, we're going to remove them. Um, 
But when it comes to like the way I see how players are going to treat player pirates versus NPC pirates, it's kind of weird because, you know, I've been doing piracy for so long now. I've seen the, the spectrum of reactions from players when it comes to being pirated, where people are like cursing us out, you know, like telling us, you know, I hope you bloody die in your sleep. I hope you get hit by a truck, you know, (laughs) like, um, a lot of things, uh, you know, terrible things, things that you just like, well, it's the internet. Of course, they're going to say that type of stuff. They get to hide behind this, you know, computer screen. Yeah. Things that people wouldn't say to you, to your face. And then there's the other people who are like, this was the best experience of my life. I can't, you know, this was what I backed Star Citizen for, like this sort of experience. And the thing is, is like, I'm kind of curious to see how CIG does this with the NPCs, but I have a bit of hope after seeing them implement the, uh, what was it, the dropships for the Reclaimer missions, mm-hmm. where they'd have, you know, the Cutlass come in and the NPCs are supposed to, get out the back and, you know, start attacking you. Yeah. That is a container transition from a ship to, you know, the planet. When you're doing a shipboarding, you're doing a container transition from one ship to another. So, you know, we've got the Legionnaire, you know, that was announced a month or so ago. I can't remember. Yeah, about there. An NPC, an NPC Legionnaire, you know, conducting a shipboarding against an 890 jump all of a sudden becomes a viable possibility. So if you're cruising around in that 890 jump and they put that Legionnaire in there and you got um, NPC pirates kicking around, you know, that becomes a possibility where that Legionnaire can latch onto the docking collars of the 890 jump and, you know, board that ship to take it over, you know, take the crew over, um, you know, if they've got valuable cargo on board or anything like that. One of the things I'm more interested in seeing, though, is like how CIG, you know, I guess, dictates to the NPCs what they consider valuable. Because for us, whenever we're going out pirating, like we see, you know, there'll be times where we're just seeing, you know, like a hive of activity and we'll be there scanning every single ship. And, you know, we have our own little bot that we use to scrape the RSI website to check, you know, the accounts of people so that we can see when they joined, what orgs they're a part of, things like that. You know, if we see that, if we see like a, an Aurora taking off, for example, and we see that, it's like, all right, well, we're not really going to do much. We'll scan the ship and it's like the guy just started last week. We're going to leave him alone. There's no value there in attacking that person. If we see a Cutlass Black and they're about six months old, we'll take a lot more, you know, pay a lot more attention to it because that could be a rock miner going out. And they're about to go to a moon to an outpost to pick up a rock to be able to go and start rock mining so we'll follow that one npcs we don't know if they're going to be hanging around um you know the stations if they're going to have you know what sort of scouts they're going to have there how they're going to be picking their targets right. what they're going to consider valuable yeah and that that's one of the things that like i'm quite interested in you know seeing how um cig actually sets up the simulation for the ai so that you know they're sitting there making their decisions on what they consider valuable enough worth party that's a good point, especially because the, the AI we know already are kind of looking at different jobs and things going on around the system to decide what's valuable and what's not. It, it's going to be kind of a more of a macro application or a micro application when you're looking at a ship by ship basis, because right now all we see is them interdicting people. And that's like the most basic form, I think, of 
of, of piracy, if you can call it that. Um, I'm very curious to know how far they'll go. Will they be boarding ships? Like you said, will they, will I get EMP'd and disabled and boarded by NPCs or will it be more basic than that? That's a pretty exciting prospect. Well, that's one of the things is that if they're able to do it with the, like if they, if they end up being able to do it with NPC bounty hunters, then they should be able to do it with NPC pirates. And that's one of the things is that there's a variety of mechanics that other professions use that piracy also ends up using too. Like distortion mechanics can be used by everyone really. Yeah. And that's the primary method at the moment that we would be using to disable ships. So it's not out of the realm of possibility that bounty hunters would be using distortion weapons to disable a ship to subdue to board it. Because realistically, a boarding action is no different for a you know a PMC or a security group or a bounty hunter than what it is for a pirate. Motivation for boarding that ship may slightly differ. You know, a PMC may be there to take over the ship for the purposes of recovering it. Um, we used to have missions, you know, recovery missions for boxes. And then you'd have the pirate equivalent, which was, you know, destroy the ship for the box. And the PMC version was destroy the ship for the box. Right. So, you know, asset recovery is something that could be utilized um, as a method for motivating, you know, security NPCs that would use common mechanics that pirate NPCs would end up using. Yeah. The uniforms would just be different. The motivations would be slightly different, but yeah. you know, essentially same systems and mechanics being used. It's a good point. And with this NPC piracy subject, like you said, it, it really comes down to what it is that CIG wants to do with it. And I think that applies pretty well back to, I, I keep going back to the YouTube comments, but that's, that I think is the crux of everything surrounding piracy because the gameplay is going to develop however it might, but it really is going to come down to can CIG and pirates effectively communicate what piracy is and why it should be in the game to everybody else. How do you think CIG can double down on this and help with the situation? Because as it is right now, as soon as you try and disable somebody's ship, like you said, they assume you're attacking to kill and just to ruin their day. Even I imagine once we're able to disable ships and get them easily stopped in space to board them, I think people will still be very angry about it and not consider the fact that it is also gameplay. What are, what are some things you think CIG can do to help with this? Honestly, it's going to come down to them like showcasing NPCs engaging in piracy gameplay and probably the generation of missions where you're going out and pirating NPCs or conducting, you know, as a security organization, like um, you know, Nine Towers could be used as a classic example of where the Nine Towers Idris, you know, is bloody um, causing havoc around one of the bloody uh, rest stops. So the CDF is being quickly spun up to go and intercept this, you know, Idris, board it and, you know, take it away from them. Because boarding mechanics, as I mentioned before, are going to be the same between, you know, security personnel and pirates. The motivations are just going to be different. But when, you know, like you could have the Ninetale side of things as well, where, you know, you're going out there and you're hitting NPC convoys. And then you'll have like, 
the content creators getting on this as well and then showcasing that gameplay. Realistically though, the way I see it is that there's still there needs to be a bit of mystery behind, you know, a piracy attack. Because if you know exactly what's going on, you're just going to sit there and go, okay, okay, it's happening again. This is what I got to do. Right. Now get out of my chair. If you're getting pirated by NPCs, you're going to be like, all right, they're going to do this now. They're going to do this now. Because with AI, it ends up being a systematic process. Like It's just one of those things that happens. For us, you know, like we've pirated heaps of people. And one of the you know biggest things that I gave to CIG with feedback on Spectrum when it came to distortion damage was that last patch distortion damage was probably in its best position that it has ever been in, in terms of use against somebody else. The problem is though, is that the person that's having it used against them has absolutely no idea what's going on most of the time. All they see is bright blue flashing lights going off. And then all of a sudden everything goes dark and, you know, stops responding and things like that. And it's frustrating, you know, for, um, you know, people using dogfighters, you know, light fighters and, you know, getting into dogfights. For cargo haulers in that, though, it's terrifying because they just lost control of their ship that's got all their, you know, cargo on it. And the thing about it is, is that sometimes in games you want to create that level of tension there. It's like you're going to lose all your stuff. You don't know what's going on. You need to go and find out, which is why whenever we're attacking somebody, we'll normally call them contact them and you know try and get a hold of them and say hey mate you're being pirated by mongol squad you know stop your ship turn your shields off comply you know we can make this go quick and that's another thing that cig could probably do is have the npcs contact them and say we're coming to board your ship if you comply we only take a small amount of your cargo if you don't we're taking it all you know and you're going to have to fight us off if we see a weapon or anything like that. But that really comes down to, you know, like the level of detail that they decide to go down with the AI itself. Like, you know, the sky is really the limit with what CIG can do with it. It's just, I would say that they don't really need to show everything for it. Because I think that it's a good idea to keep some tension there because some people will be like, I don't know what's going on. I don't really like this. And they'll hate it and then they'll never, you know, go cargo hauling through that area ever again. Right. Um, other people will be like, I don't know what's going on, but I'm going to go find out. They'll go grab their rifle. They'll be like, you know, peeking. It's almost like playing Alien Isolation. You know, you know, it's a scary game. You know, bloody, that the thing's going to come out of a bloody vent somewhere and, you know, it's going to scare the shit out of you. It's one of those situations where it's like people intentionally put themselves in that position because they, you know, want that experience yeah and when people are playing star citizen you know they know that piracy is a potential thing that could happen you know they may go through a bad neighborhood you know a bad system and it's like you know you could get pirated here and it's like all right well i gotta keep an eye out people understand and accept that risk this you know actually brings up a, a thought about, you know, the way that we grade the security of systems and, you know, how we communicate that to cargo haulers as they're about to, you know, move through. Because at the moment, cargo haulers, they just buy the stuff and just fly wherever they want. I always believe that the insurance system will have a bigger role to play when it comes to cargo haulers and the way that they behave. Um, the reason for this is that the insurance system can be utilized to try and guide player behavior so that 
cargo haulers don't end up doing the whole, I'm not going to give you anything, you griefer, um, and just initiate self-destruct the moment that they see us. Mm-hmm. And there are there are people that are just like, yep, yeah, as soon as I see pirates, I'm just initiating self-destruct. That's Alt it. Alt F4 out, yeah. Yeah. And it's like, as frustrating as it is when it does happen, it's like, well, they made their choice. You know, like when we're pirating people, we're presenting them a a point of contention for them to make a decision. You know, they need to decide to do something. They can't, you know, like if they just sit there and do nothing, that's still a decision. They decided to do nothing. Yeah. But you, you made a good point though there that, the warning system the ability for people to understand what's happening is kind of premature uh for starters you know you can't tell what the danger of the area you're in is but also you can't do things like give somebody a reputation hit or a crime stat for extorting you so you know you could go through all this whole process and pirate somebody but at the end of it all they lose their stuff and they have no way of reporting this into the game to kind of affect the reputation of those pirates and let other people know they're pirates. Uh, you're gonna have to forgive me for that. Um, but what kind of things, like how could they figure that out? How could they let players affect people's reputation for that need? So I actually thought about this and you know, people, another one of the arguments that's put forward about piracy gameplay not being in game is that you can't get charged with piracy. Like there's no piracy charge there. You can be charged with stolen goods, which is closer to what you'd be charged uh, with if you were a smuggler. But you can't get charged with piracy, which is the um, illegal boarding and, you know, like essentially uh, taking of somebody else's cargo off their ship and putting it onto yours and then taking off with it. I, I mentioned it before, but this is where the insurance system can actually really come into play here is that cargo haulers are insuring, should be insuring their cargo so that when they do get pirated, they can just go, okay, I got pirated and select, you know, you know, when they, if they get killed or they, you know, their cargo gets taken and their ship is allowed to continue going, they go to a terminal, they report that they lost their cargo. It was pirated from there. You know, they make a claim with their insurance company. My cargo got pirated. From there, game knows everything that we're doing. So then it comes down to CIG having built a system that can then, you know, create a process where the background simulation goes, all right, this entity has reported that their cargo has been stolen. They've made a insurance claim. We're now going to conduct an investigation to work out if it was actually taken. Now, this is um, something that's in game. Now, when you buy cargo, it is associated with you. So whoever owns the ship that uh, buys that cargo, it's associated with you. When that ship gets destroyed, the boxes that spawn are still associated with the owner of that ship. So if you put those boxes on someone else's ship and they get scanned by security, they get done for stealing that cargo because it doesn't belong to them. Now, that's already the start of a process there where it's like, okay, we know that somebody else already owns this cargo. And because the game system is already all-knowing, um, you can spin up Quanta 
you can spin up that quanta to conduct an investigation in order to go and find out where this cargo has gone. Now, you know, I keep going back to this whole thing. The game knows everything that's going on. So that movement of that cargo getting around is going to eventually end up in a position where a player is going to sell it to an NPC fence. Unless it's raw materials that can be turned into manufactured goods, but we have no idea about what's going on with the manufacturing side of things. So let's just pretend that's not a thing yet. <laughs> the idea though is that the insurance system would be using investigators to find out where this cargo is going to work out who actually took it. Because this is one of the things is that smart pirates aren't going to be pirating people in Comoraya range. Like when we get server meshing coming, I'm expecting Stanton to increase and to ramp up its security presence to the point where pirates, you know, aren't going to fly around with their, you know, known piracy reputation. They're not going to be flying around to a moon and, you know, going down to an outpost and then, you know, just skulking around and just having a look to see what cargo haulers are there because they're going to be a known pirate. And to get to that point where they've got that reputation, if they're doing hits out in um, what we call a dead space, but space that isn't monitored, so you're doing it out in dead space, somebody needs to be able to report that. So the player reports it, and then the cargo gets tracked. It ends up with a fence. The investigator, the quanta investigator, eventually goes, I've tracked down your cargo. It got sold to this fence. It was done by this crew. That's how they end up with that reputation there. But that would require... So then you have to worry about people who are, say, running cargo for other people who are miners. Is that miner going to put out a frivolous claim that you stole their cargo? And how do you stop that from happening? Well, with that situation there, so like, let's, let's paint the scene that you've got your prospectors and you've got your, what was it, the Odyssey? Mm -hmm. Doing the refinery out in the black. So, you know, they're all isolated. They haven't gone to an, um, an outpost yet. They've mined, refined, and now they're about to transport it somewhere. If they don't register that cargo with an insurance company, that cargo could be just lost if somebody ends up pirating it. And it's like, nobody knows. It ends up being, almost being the perfect crime. You could also leverage black boxes as well on ships because we already have missions for those. So if black boxes on ships are making those records of who's around, those could be used as well. But with your particular scenario, making the whoever owns that cargo insure it makes creates that same process again. It's just a different starting point. It's all about creating this chain of um, where it goes from the person who's actually designated as the owner to exchanging into the pirate's hands to then moving on to the fence and then another entity being able to track from when it goes from the pirate to the fence and then wherever else it goes. So ship insurance is, is not ship insurance, sorry, uh, cargo insurance is a, a hefty part of, at least in your opinion, 
where piracy should be going in order to make sure that's there's that counterbalance kind of reputation more than anything else right that's where that should be going for making sure that somebody gets denoted as a pirate by law enforcement for you to be known as a pirate by other pirates selling to a fence would be a really good way of doing Mm -hmm. and reputation sorry go ahead yeah sorry I was just going to say, like, by selling to a fence, other pirate crews end up learning who you are. You can try and hide who you are if you want, which means that your reputation as a pirate doesn't go up as much. But that means that you're not going to be trusted as much by other pirates either. Right. And reputation is such a massive part of the game. When you when you think about the way that reputations work, you yourself said that most people aren't going to be doing any sort of piracy in a... Um, in, in range of a comma ray. So when it comes to reputation, let's say you are running a bunch of piracy out in pyro. There are no comma rays, but maybe somehow your reputation gets out. You travel from there to a system like Terra, high security, very central, lots of people, and you're immediately pinged getting into the system. Is that in your, in your future idea of Star Citizen, do you see yourself your crew actually going to somewhere like terra that you would just immediately start getting some heat to do that kind of stuff with the with are you judging that risk versus reward or do you want to just stick to the places where piracy is generally well known and kind of more protected and easier to get along with so the reputation thing in my mind comes down to like what faction do you have reputation with? Mm-hmm. Like in Pyro, unless the UEE are kicking around frequently, they're not really going to know too much about us being pirates until we start doing piracy until in their systems. They may learn about us through, you know, ships that either manage to get away from us or ships that we end up letting go that, you know, as I mentioned before, the black box on a ship making records of us you know, and what we did and that we took some of the cargo off. Mm -hmm. But, you know, like it is a factor and it's one of those things where it's like, I kind of, myself personally, I've kind of just accepted the fact that on my main, I will never go to terror. And if I do, it's a one-way trip. The way I see it is that if, unless CIG puts in mechanics where like we're able to disguise ourselves really well and we're able to, you know, overcome a lot of the security measures that a system like Terra would have, or what I imagine a system like Terra would have. Going to Terra as a pirate was a pretty quick way of essentially getting your character um, permadeath, the way I see it. Because if you're if you become a well-known enough pirate, you're probably going to end up with, you know, a situation where you could end up in a life sentence. Because the way I see it is that if you're going to be a pirate and you really want that hard mode, that challenging gameplay, the consequences should be a lot more severe than what anybody else has to deal with. Right. Like if you are like, if you just end up like one of these murder hobo pirates where it's like board the ships, you just slaughter everybody on board. You know, like you don't give them a chance. You don't talk to them. It's just like, yeah, yeah, you're all gone. You've raised the red flag, so to say. 
you should end up with death sentences on your head. Like bounty hunters should be getting paid cash to come after you. And if you stepped in, you know, foot in a system like Terra, it's like if you get caught by the UEE, they're just going to, you know, capture you and COG can make it that you get that avatar gets imprisoned permanently you know, like multiple life sentences mm-hmm. and we're going to execute you. And, you know, like, I can't remember what it's called, that Abraham sphere or whatever it's called. Oh yeah. You know, like Abraham. pretty much yeah. disconnect that so that, you know, you don't respawn, you don't get to respawn. They disconnect that and that's it, you know, and you're hoping that the one that you've got set up somewhere else is going to pick you up on you. Maybe not. They may create a tech that blocks it. Who knows? But the way I see it is that, if you gain reputation that's high enough as a pirate where like you're known as being too bloodthirsty, it's like, you know, game over for you. Like if you get caught by the UEE or anything like that, that's it. You're done. For those, you know, who go out and do piracy and decide to not kill all the crew, you know, and they'll let them live and they'll negotiate and that sort of stuff and only take a portion of their cargo. The way I see it, they should get reduced sentences. One of the problems with that though, is that, you know, how does COG measure that? You know, how do they determine that? You know, like you you showed some leniency there and, you know, the crew got to live. You took a little bit of the cargo instead of all of it. You, they kept the ship, all that sort of stuff. You did minimal damage. You know, there's a whole range of parameters that could be used to uh, take into account what, you know, would dictate, you know, I guess the level of pirate that you are. Because if, you know, for us, we want to try and take the prize in as pristine condition as possible. We want to gain maximum profit for what we're doing with minimal, you know, harm. Makes the most now, sense. If it turns out that the crew is troublesome, you know, like, we'll probably end up just killing them. You know, we'll just off them and it's like, all right, you know, off them, throw them out the, into the black. You know, they'll wake up, respawn and make their insurance claim, report us, and eventually we get the reputation hit. But, you know, if you're doing piracy in different systems, you may want to try and, you know, mitigate the level of, I guess, uh, aggressiveness that you engage in. So, you know, like, uh, where where is it? Uh, Nix is a good example. Mm-hmm. It's not UEE, but it's... Um, it's got a faction of people there. You know, it's not completely lawless space, but you could engage in piracy in that area, but it's probably not a good idea. And if right. you did engage in piracy there, you'd probably want to make sure that you didn't just go around murdering people because their court system is probably uh, probably going to process you a lot quicker if they catch you, you know? Like yeah, yeah. If you, they turn, if you turn out to be one of those bloodthirsty pirates. Whereas the UEE may have more of a process that they'd go through. Plus, you know, the people at X would probably be more useful to us anyway. So it hinges a lot on, on the reputation from what you're saying. Um, another thing that kind of comes up is, I guess this is going back to the discussion of how much people think of piracy as griefing, where obviously there are people who are just griefing they don't necessarily understand or they abuse the idea of piracy 
they just go out, they don't plan, they just kill people. They wonder, uh, I'll, I'll try to make money from this. I'll just ask them last minute before I blow them up. There's also the case of people who are streaming, people who are creating content, but generally people who are streaming. They're live, their broadcast is going, and a lot of times when they get shot at, the first reaction is, oh, somebody's stream sniping me, somebody's following me. Um, many more people, this is a question from, from our live chat from supporters, many people are going to be jumping into this game as it gets much more popular in the next year or two with some of these major increases in quality. How do you see that balance happening? How, how are you guys looking to get away from being constantly accused of stream sniping? Or do you think that there is anything that the game can do to help alleviate that sort of all of those rumors or all of those accusations coming at you guys? So for us, one, I have an explicit rule against stream sniping. A few years back, I used to actually stream Star Citizen. And I have been the subject of stream sniping before. In mm -hmm. fact, uh, most recently, uh, one of our videos, Shattered Delusions, we actually, you know, showcase a member of an org that we ended up going to war against. We showed them stream sniping me and, you know, had proof that they had done it. And the thing is, is like stream sniping is not exclusive to piracy gameplay. It is literally just one of those things that if somebody thinks that they can use it to, or if somebody feels justified in using it, they will. That That's the thing. And it's not relegated to, you know, like pirates. Or it's not relegated to bounty hunters. It's just people in general. Somebody believes that. And I wouldn't essentially call them a griefer per se, because in their mindset, they feel justified in doing it. But when people are engaging in that sort of gameplay, there's not really much that you know you can do in the game to combat something that that streamer has chosen to do. Like they're revealing their location. Right. The best things that they can do is surround themselves with enough people that if the stream sniper shows up, you know, that they can all just, you know, get rid of them. That's the best case scenario. Obviously, recording what you do is something that I encourage. And it's actually one of the things, one of the, another one of the reasons why we record our hits and put them out on YouTube because we get accused of stream sniping a lot. Um, we've hit Salty Mike twice. And on both occasions, we just ended up on his server. It was just one of those situations where it's like, holy shit, Salty Mike's on the server. Let's go find him. <laughs> you know, like at the time, uh, rock mining was popular. So we like, all right, the most likely places that he's going to be around is, you know, like Ariel, Aberdeen, Damer. All right. Most people don't stray too far away from the outpost. So we'll start there first. First time that we hit him, we found him like 40 kilometers away from an outpost. And all it took was us, you know, going out pinging and just you know slowly flying out you know, using a search pattern from an outpost to go and find him and we came across him and we're like all right sweet we found him get everybody together let's get ready to hit him that's efficient yeah well we've had a bit of practice um second time when we found him was like this was even a bigger fluke to be honest um one of the other things that had developed over time and it was a you know one of those things that came about because of our videos 
was that miners started going to OM1 and OM2 and flying down on those same moons because there was no known, you know, outpost to go to and they could pretty much go wherever they wanted. Mm-hmm. Anyway, one of our scouts had gone there and when he had come out of quantum travel over OM1, he picked up on a uh, large signature that was pinging. This was during the time where you could visibly see people pinging and he saw that. You could see it from like on a when a moon was on its dark side, you could see it from like 300 kilometers away. He saw, he spotted this ping bubble from 80 kilometers away and he flew over to it and he started scanning ships and he's like, holy shit, I've got a salty mic here. <laughs> and we've all just, you know, scrambled and just going after him. And both times, you know, like in the second video that we did with, uh, against Mike, you know, he opens up, oh, so we're going to get stream sniped every time we try and play Star Citizen now. And, you know, like, if we, it's easy to come down to that conclusion because it, being in that situation for, you know, people like Mike and that, because, you know, they have been streams night before, exactly like that. The yeah. thing is, though, is that finding people trying to do piracy to them, it's no different. Like, when you find people out in the middle of nowhere, they think it's magic. They, they're like, how the, f- you know, how did you do that? Like, and it's like, well, we do this a lot. We practice a lot. We learn, we watch the amount of times that we spend, you know, we'll spend like 40 minutes watching a rock miner and what they're doing, you know, like watch them mine a rock, you know, pick up, start pinging around, go to the next place, you know, land, mine the next one. And we'll just be there watching and we're like, what is this guy doing? You know, he'll stop <laughs> and he'll be there for like half an hour and we'll just be watching him like, you've just finished mining. What are you doing now? Like, are you going to move on to the next one? Or Hanging not? out on the phone. For us, <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, like could have gone off, got a drink, go on the toilet, you know, just, you know, decided to take a break, mm-hmm. taking screenshots, anything really could have crashed for all we know. And that, that's the thing is like, you know, there's a bit of tension there for us because when we're observing people like that, it's always like, all right, do we move in now? Do we move in now? But, you know, it's one of those things where it's like the possibility of being accused of stream sniping is always going to be a thing. And a possibility of stream sniping happening is always going to be a thing. What CIG can do about it. Like they can try and encourage a culture amongst the community where it's just seen as wrong. They've already got it in the terms of service that if you get caught stream sniping and I'm assuming that you get caught enough times doing it, you get banned. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, the fact of the matter is, is like people are still going to do it. Right. The best counter to stream sniping is smash them. You know, when they show up and they try and stream snipe you and they're trying to, you know, have an effect on you, just destroy them. You know, ruin the effect that they're going to have and then make sure that everybody knows about it because that's and, the worst thing that you can do. And that'll be the product of other tools coming in, you know, being able to understand that people are scanning you or... um being able to easily recruit a combat escort or to have your org able to find your ship. You know, there's, if if, there's a lot of things that really, I think we don't think of that are going to help get past some of these problems as they enter the game. And I, I can't wait for some of that stuff. I mean, it's, it's obviously it's a little old to say that, but there's a lot more to wait for. And I think there's a lot of features that are, being held back right now by whatever reasons that will really help with this. Um, but 
ultimately the 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 real thing that I want to end on this podcast is with we, we're coming up to the end here is just this distinction between piracy other forms of crime and what we'll call griefing and how much effort you and your group put in to actually being pirates planning it out running through the the, the efforts and thinking thinking it through you know you said you probably will never go to Terra. And a lot of people, when I hear the argument that, oh, well, there's going to be security systems and systems that will be much more hard for people to abuse the law in, a lot of the times they're, they're, they're thinking that's not going to happen. Like CIG is going to try that, but pirates are still going to be there ruining our day, uh, messing with newcomers, all that stuff. But I think they forget how much of a risk it will be for you as well and that you might end up getting better gameplay somewhere else where people want to actually fight you. Yeah, well, it comes down to like, you know, consequences. Well, I think it's less about consequences and more about the outcome of action. The outcome of action, you know, like why would I be going to Terra? Like what's it? What's in Terra that would be valuable enough for me to risk going into probably one of the most secure systems in the Because if it's worth it, I'll give it a crack. Like I'll give it a go. <laughs> like, you know, plan it out. We'll do everything that we can in our power to try and make sure that we succeed. But I'm not going to go there just to go and murder someone. Get the tears no, like of the newcomers. Go. Yeah, like, <laughs> like I, I mentioned this before that you know, like we have a bot that we use to look up people's names, and we check people's accounts to see, you know, like how old they are. And if the guy's like a week old, we'll just leave him alone. We'll just look at him and be like, yeah, all right. You just have no idea what you're doing right now. We'll, you know, we'll let you go off and grow and mature and come and, you know, harvest you later. You know, because poor targets make poor targets. So if the guy's only been playing a week, one, he already doesn't have any credits. Two, he doesn't know what he's doing most of the time. We're going to show up and it's going to be one of those situations where, where they're like, oh, What's going on here? I don't know. You know, they may be a bit excited. I managed to convince somebody once that we're NPCs, you know, <laughs> like they got pirated by NPCs, like a, a full-on shipboarding and they got pirated by NPCs that way. And they were amazed. And they were like, this is the best experience ever. And that actually lends back to the, um, you know, the spectrum of players because they started off cursing out those people who had taken their ship until I managed to convince them that they got pirated by NPCs. And then they were like, Oh my god, this is the most experience, you know, immersive, you know, game ever. Right. All about and, the all about the the reason, the why. Yeah, and for us when it comes to, you know, like how we're trying to differentiate ourselves, you know, like we put our videos out there, but it's also like we have our own, you know, I don't like saying it because there's a bit of a, you know, connotation to it that associates you know, piracy with like Disney pirates, but we have our own code, our own rules on, you know, like what we will and won't do, you know, like we don't stream snipe. We don't use the call bug that's been fixed. We don't use glitches that allow us to just fall into ships because those have been around for bloody nearly four years now. And, you know, we report them, but, you know, CIG will fix them when they're ready. We don't do any of that sort of stuff. And, you know, 
big reason behind it is because of the reputation that we've built for ourselves. It's like, you know, we're pirates. This is what we do. We want to challenge ourselves. If we wanted easy mode, we wouldn't be doing this. But the other side of it is, is that it's, you know, one of those things where it's a point of pride for ourselves that we don't need to use those to do what we do. Mm-hmm. You know, like we're not sitting there using a crutch to go and find someone, you know, like we learn about the player's habits and, you know, what they're doing and we go out and we look for them and we go and find them. And then we're like, all right, you know, let's go. Some of the best piracy experiences that we have is when, you know, like everything, you know, one, everything works, which is, you know, a very rare occasion, but everything works in a way that, you know, we didn't have to, you know, like do anything cheesy, which is something that, doesn't happen like we didn't have to try and you know use a ship to as a ramp to try and board another one because it was up on its side when it fell onto the ground and it was disabled um you know like we're able to you know get into a gunfight and old mate didn't glitch out and we're there you know putting mag dumping into this guy who's you know already moved and the game hasn't updated for us and we got shot in the back of the head (laughs) you know like those experiences where everything works and, you know, we've done everything right and we've followed, you know, our code of ethics essentially mm-hmm. of how we play and do piracy. That's where we feel like, you know, like we've really achieved the level of gameplay that we're after. Unfortunately, whilst we do that, CIG has their plans on how they're building out Star Citizen. So, you know, like opportunities to engage in that gameplay, you know, ebb and flow. Yeah. And as with all things in this game, it runs on CIG time, so we'll see when they get around to it. But Agent Sleddy, uh, I think I've taken enough of your time for this one. I want to thank you for staying up late and, and hopping on the call with me. Thank you for your time and for explaining some of these more nuanced things to everybody. Um, we've been talking this whole time about your group, Mongol Squad. If you want to go ahead and give people another sort of explainer as to what you guys are and tell them how they can find you or maybe the YouTube channel to see some of these piracy videos because I've watched them and they're pretty interesting. So go ahead and, and give everyone the plug. So uh, Mongol Squad is an international stasis and pirate organization that specializes in ship and cargo acquisitions. Um, you can find us on YouTube at youtube.com forward slash C forge slash mongol squad all one word uh that's pretty much it none of us uh, are streaming anymore so yeah it's just the youtube channel now cool well yeah i would check out that channel anybody who wants to i'll leave the link down in the show notes below because that is a good example of what real piracy can look like but that wraps us up for this episode of the launch sequence another explainer of some other part of star citizen or the development of it Next week, we've got another good one planned, and I think we got a Starfield episode coming up soon, so keep a lookout for that. But if you'd like to see these shows live, of course, you can always support on Patreon as a YouTube channel member, Kofi, Twitch, wherever I might be. And that's about it. I've been your host, Space Tomatoes, the Launch Sequence Podcast, and I'll see you all next week. Bye.